Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's no voice left. Um, but by tomorrow, it'll be, it'll be back. I, I just know it. It's better than yesterday, I, I think. Anyway, I say this because I'm now going to be speaking with one of the greatest voices in, in, uh, in media, and certainly in broadcasting, Tom Korski, executive editor of Black Locks Reporter. Tom is kind to give us of his time a number of uh, times each year. And we talk about what's going on in the nation's capital. And it's very interesting to find out some of the things that have happened over the first week or so of uh, 2024. Happy New Year, Tom. Uh, my pleasure, Roy. All the best to you in the new year as well for you and your whole gang. I hope you have a good one. Thank you so much. So I mentioned... And I know you will give us the details that the Senate has decided in its wisdom, the unelected appointed Senate, they need more money to do the Senate's business and not just a little more money. I think last year's number would stagger most people. The new number, well, share the information with us, please. Well, it, it, it is. It's go big or go home when you are at the Senate, Senate administration. They're looking at a let's round it off one hundred and thirty-five million dollar budget next year. That would be the highest in Canadian history, one hundred and thirty-five million. And administration costs alone up ten percent. This is interesting, Roy, because cabinet has said for over the past year we have to cut wasteful spending, minimum three percent. We have to spend money on things that really matter to people. We have to stop it. We really mean it this time. But we know that Cabinet couldn't have made the call to the Senate because the Senate is not curing any diseases. They're not fighting terrorism. They're not giving out free school books to poor school children. Senate administration alone, $5.4 million. My favorite, Senators' living expenses in Ottawa up 38% this year, Roy. Some people know what time it is, and some people really don't. 38%. 38% increase in senators' living expenses in Ottawa. It's going up to almost a million dollars. Good. God. When I think of my neighbors who are putting for sale signs at the end of their lawns, facing the street, obviously, and I know why they're doing it. It's not that they don't like their homes anymore, Tom. It's they're renegotiating mortgages. Oh, bro. And, 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 and they're very worried about being able to keep their homes. And these people have a 38% increase in their living expenses, declared 38% increase in their living expenses, and we're going to pay the bill. And, uh, you know, the takeaway here, Roy, is we're going to go through, I don't, you know, there's going to be a budget coming up in March. No one expects too much because the last budget didn't do much in terms of, you know, controlling the spending. You have to stop the spending, and they won't. We're now up to, is it year 17 without a balanced budget in Parliament? You're really pushing your luck. But what it tells you is, anyone who's been in Ottawa more than 20 minutes knows this, haircuts don't work. I'm going to balance the budget by taking a little bit here and a little bit there, and it's going to balance and everyone's going to be happy. It never works. You balance budgets by going in and saying, for instance, let's say the Department of Canadian Heritage, basically a check-writing agency, shut it down, bring in the bailiff, auction the office equipment, we're out of business. That's what Paul Martin did when he balanced the budget in 1995. Canadian National Railways was a crown agency. You may, every, I know you remember, Roy. I do. Sold at lock, stock, I do. and barrel. We're not doing it anymore. He cut 
foreign aid 20%. That's how you balance budgets. It's hard, and they're not doing it. But somebody once said, I think, words to the effect, the budgets balance themselves. I heard about that. (laughs) It's not true. It's not true. So let's stay with the housing aspect of life in Ottawa. And uh, Blacklock's reporter, a federal bill to construct more rental housing is so poorly drafted, it could inadvertently discourage the supply of rental housing, warns the Canadian Bar Association. Yet Housing Minister Sean Fraser says he's counting on builders for 200 to 300,000 new homes as a result of the bill. Who's not telling the truth? Well, uh, the Canadian Bar Association is not up for re-election, so I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, they, the, the feds put it all on the line. With it. This is called Bill C-56. This is a GST holiday for new purpose-built rental construction that is completed by 2036. A couple of oddities about this bill. Number one, here you have the... Our association representing 37,000 lawyers across our country, and they wrote the Senate National Finance Committee, and they said this bill is a piece of work. This is so badly drafted, it invites gaming of the system, and it is so, in fact, incoherent in some of its applications. Anytime you have a tax holiday, you're going to invite gaming of the system. And you may not have what you, the results you want. In fact, you may have worse. The other problem with the bill is, MPs have asked on the Commons Finance Committee, by the way, in just five years, this is going to cost you $5 billion. $5 billion, even by Senate standards. That's a, that's a, that's a wow. And MPs have asked on the Commons Finance Committee, where is your research showing that if we spend this $5 billion tax holiday, you're going to get more apartments at cheaper rents? And you know what the Financier Freeland told the Commons Finance Committee? She said that's confidential. I'm not going to show you that research. That's top secret. That's cabinet confidences. They're going to spend $5 billion on a bill the lawyers say looks pretty shaky with no promise that it will even lead to results. And by the way, on its best day, Minister Fraser says you're getting 300,000 new houses out of this. Do you know how much they need by CMHC estimate? $3.5 million. Yeah. So we're now missing it, or missing our targets by exponents of zeros, but we're spending a lot of money. And we're talking about people. And we're talking about people who need a roof over their heads across the country. So do it right, or let somebody do it who knows how to do it correctly. Oh, no, they, they can't do that. Yeah, you, I, I, know, I know that. They Tom. won't do it. The, the irony is, you know, I'm not being the world's smartest man. Talk to anyone in building. You don't have to. You can solve the housing crisis by doing nothing. You can do what they did in 1955. Just start approving subdivision plans every time a developer walks into City Hall. And they will build you the most beautiful new subdivisions with homes and lots and playgrounds for the kids. They've done it before. They can do it again. But they don't want that. It's more complicated now. Let's move on to the federal government and... Bill C-18, I'm particularly interested in this one, a pre-election code of conduct for newsrooms. I've worked in quite a few newsrooms over the years, and usually we're able to sort things out, 
do it responsibly because we know our job, we know what we're doing, and we know our responsibility to our audience, to our listeners, to our consumers. So where is the CRTC coming into play now? What is Bill C-18 about? It's bad, Roy. It's about the money. Subsidized press, in my opinion, has, is completely lacking in integrity and, and self-respect. I'm sorry to be blunt. I know uh, there I just blew another New Year's resolution, and it's only week one. They want the money. They're losing money, and they'll do anything for money, and I mean anything. And under C-18, this is the Google money bill. Somehow there's going to be magic money from Google, $100 million, and everyone wants a little piece of the action. The feds are going to be the arbiter. They're going to be the judge. They, it's not, we can't just be subsidizing the riffraff. They already have payroll rebates, which they doubled, by the way, over $30,000 per newsroom employee, but not just any newsroom employee. Newsroom employees of corporations that are approved by the Minister of Revenue, if you get my meaning. And here, the CRTC is going to draft. They have, uh, this is empowering uh, regulations. It's a federal law. The CRTC may draft a code of conduct to determine who is going to be good enough to get Google money. Uh, the feds are in the newsroom. Roy, there was a time where this would have been a scandal. Time of the Kent Commission back in the 80s. Publishers, their heads exploded at the mere thought of government interference in newsroom operations in Canada. And now newsroom managers welcome them with open arms and they don't want to report it there it's like a news blackout i'll tell you roy we had a fall economic statement in november where they doubled the rebates there were reporters in there press gallery was in there for a five-hour lockup not one of them complained or even reported about the doubling of rebates you know what their complaint was they ran out of free sandwiches what can i say um, and there's concern about election interference from other countries. But let's move on to the other countries. And one in particular that was is at the center of concern, and that is China. And we know that Mr. Trudeau has had tremendous difficulty dealing with the fact that we need a public inquiry the Johnson situation didn't work, a special rapporteur. He's finally come around to say, okay, we'll have a public inquiry. But there's this story on Blacklock's reporter. Cabinet quietly polled Chinese-Canadian electors on how to improve relations while rejecting demands for a public inquiry into foreign agents, which is another issue. And we've got Dr. Kenny Chu, the former conservative member of parliament in British Columbia, about that. That essentially cost Mr. Chu his MP job. So walk us through this one, Tom, please. This is something really worth watching. I, I think this is important, and I think it could be a widowmaker. I think it's a big deal. January 29th, the inquiry opens in Ottawa. Public hearings. They're going to be available, streaming on the Internet. You know, they want to make it as accessible as possible. That inquiry will find, we know this is a fact, because it's already been uncovered and documented by parliamentary committees, media, Canadian Security Intelligence Service, and National Security Advisors under testimony, National Security Advisors to the Prime Minister. They know that Chinese agents tried to get involved in monkey business, mainly against opposition 
parties, mainly against conservative and one New Democrat MP, Jenny Kwan, Vancouver East. And the inference was that somebody knew and somebody reported it, and these are crimes, Roy. The Elections Act, these are felonies. People have gone to jail for less. This is a big deal. And what was Cabinet's response? Well, we see this through internal polling that is from the Privy Council office, head of the bureaucracy. They sent pollsters out to Vancouver to do focus groups with Chinese Canadians to ask how we're doing. How are we doing and how can we improve relations and make you happy? Can you imagine a federal government holding a focus group with Russian Canadians after the war started in Ukraine and asking them, this was supposed to be about national security, public safety. The Department of Public Safety was on top of this. Roy, I don't want to hector you. I know you've got laryngitis, so I know I can go on and on. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is dark, because the inference is it was all about politics all the time. Forget about the integrity of elections or about our democracy. How many times have you heard the democracy speech? It wasn't. It's always about, it's 100% politics every day, all day in this town. So, Tom, Pharmacare is supposed to be a really big deal, but Canadians are indifferent. We can't afford to be, though. Let me just say this, that when federal governments become engaged in purchasing pharmaceuticals on a national level, the consumer, the healthcare consumer, can become hurt. That happened in uh, New Zealand, where they lost out on hundreds of the most recent uh, medications, pharmaceutical products and, and treatments, because New Zealand wasn't paying the going rate. And so even cancer patients or heart patients were not getting the drugs, the most recent drugs they needed. And so here are the liberals and the New Democrats talking about the need for a national pharmacare program. But you uh, write on Black Box Reporter, Canadians don't really care. And they say that to these famous federal focus groups I mentioned. This is the confidential in-house polling that the cabinet is continually, and it's very expensive polling. They spend millions on this. And they do these confidential focus groups. This is the only polls we read because it's the only polls the cabinet reads. And what did the polls say? Canadians said, and they were asked, what about pharmacare? What do you think? What do you say? And, and they're looking at the healthcare system and saying, are you kidding me? This is the, like the least of our troubles. I have sick kids. I can't even get a family doctor. I, I'm sitting in, at the emergency room for six hours. Uh, we're on waiting lists. The Canadians are telling the focus groups commissioned by their cabinet, you have so many problems in health care that the, the price of pharmaceutical drugs is the least of our troubles. I quote, asked to identify the biggest challenges related to health care in need of further attention. Participants identified a wide range of issues. Guess which one never came up? And that was pharmacare. Roy, uh, the cabinet commissioned this before they reneged on that vote agreement with the New Democrats. Yes. I think you're going to get an election this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And we talked to Daryl Bricker earlier from Ipsos, and he believes the same thing, that we'll have an election in 2024. What's, uh, what are you going to be watching? We have about a minute and a half. What is Tom Korski going to be looking at very carefully with great interest in the weeks and months to come? There's uh, numerous parliamentary committee hearings ongoing into sweetheart contracting. There is a sense that the dam is about to burst on this. 
goes back, a lot of this goes back to pandemic overspending, half a trillion borrowed and spent. There were COVID millionaires. We have documented this. These were contractors who got sweetheart deals. You really get the sense that the, someone's going to get into a lot of trouble on this. And the other one is, and I know we just talked about this. I know you've covered this many times. That China inquiry, Roy, that's no joke. Cabinet had to be dragged kicking and screaming into that. That's a box of fireworks, and it's going to go on all year. And I think it could be, it could ruin many a reputation of people who are very proud but inattentive in this town. It could, I think it's, the potential there for damage is devastating. One more question. And it's one Canadians are asking, and many are demanding. Will Justin Trudeau walk, or will he run again? I think he runs again. I, everyone talks about the father. Everyone forgets about John Turner. The father took the walk in the snow because John Turner was in the wings. There's no one in the wings, Roy. There, there's no one in caucus who, frankly, you know, everyone looks in the mirror and says, I, I, I'm the guy. It could be me. They just don't have the guts to walk under the floor of caucus and say that. There's no John Turners. I, I think he stays. And we end up with a... Did I give the wrong answer? No, 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 no. I'm just thinking about it because I've, I've had the same feeling. I, uh, and, and, I, and I do believe, and people will say, because you're a conservative thinker, and I am, I'm not a member of any party, but I think we, uh, we, we have a majority conservative government at the end of the election. I've given up calling elections, Roy, because I've been wrong so long. Well, I've never been wrong, Tom. <laughs> I've always wanted, I aspire to infallibility. Okay. <laughs> if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 